What? No. No? We're not. We haven't done this whole time. You always say that, but we are recording. I, sometimes <laughs> I say it when we're not. I, I, thought, I thought you were recording it and leaving the room so you could hear what we'd say about you. Uh, no, I wouldn't do something like that. No? Yeah. You, you uh, trust that we actually like you? No, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Laughing Historically Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lax. All right. God. Wait, what? <laughs> no. God damn it. Wow, my beer hit the microphone. But honestly, this is karma because last episode you fucked up the intro. And I was like, no, Adam, we have to own it. We have to own it. So I guess this is me. I got it. We can't cut. What? Wait. <laughs> we can't do it. Remind me. It's been, what, two months or three why do you guys always drop the timing? On this? <laughs> we don't have to talk about. I know how we, often. we don't have to talk about. It's been a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, about that. something like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Okay. So we got. But you called it "Welcome to Laughing Historic," and then we laughed because you messed up the name. And then, laughing historically. Yeah, did I just say laughing? You did no last episode. Oh. Then what did I do wrong? Some of this that? is gonna get cut because it's fucking <laughs> idiotic. <laughs> Uh, all of it. Uh, all of it. morons. All right. All right. Well, no, but so you messed up the intro and you're like, all right, let's cut. In the last episode. Yeah, in the last episode. And you're like, all right, let's cut. Um, also, newsflash, uh, Adam doesn't listen to our episodes. <laughs> I, I, I do. It just takes me a little while. <laughs> okay, okay. No, no. So you said laughing historic and then we're like, cut. We'll just like try it again. I was like, no, Adam, we got to own some of our mistakes. And now I just hit the microphone with a beer. So, yeah. So now it's me. Now I have to take my turn at at owning my mistakes. So I don't think I'm going to cut this. Okay. All right. All right. We probably should cut this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Um, who do we have here? uh, And we've got Adam Coonan on the ones and twos. Pew, pew, pew. And Dr. History Sage Scholar, the 15th. Yes, that, you evolved that, is, that much. It's a good guess. In, in yeah. the past, it's been it's been a minute. So, it's yeah. been a minute. Yeah. So, Doctor he- Doctor History Sage Scholar the Fifteenth. Okay, well, right. uh, Ooh, are we going to do this day in history? Yeah. So, uh, this day in history, uh, April twenty third, uh, in thirteen forty eight, King Edward the Third of England founded the Order of the Garter, which is the most senior order of knighthood in Britain. Former members include the Austro-Hungarian Emperor Franz Josef, German Kaiser Wilhelm II, Russian Tsar Nicholas II, Italian King Victor Emmanuel III, and Japanese Emperor Hirohito. Do they, like, hang out on private islands? Uh... Uh, I think when they're initiated, yeah. And then, and then after that, it's just that you get to have, like, a little medal and, uh, and say that you're a member of the Knight of the Garter. When they hang out, mm-hmm. do they hang out or do they hunt? <laughs> do they hunt people? Hunt people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know. Um, I imagine that that Nicholas II might have hunted people. Yeah. yeah. Um, Victor Emmanuel, I don't think, is tall enough to have hunted people. Uh, just all the inbreeding made him really short. That's you know what? There's a little person hunter listening to this right now, being like, <laughs> "How fucking dare you!" 
I'm a better hider than you are. My duck blind is half the size. I'm, sh- you know, and I'm sure I will yield in advance to any hunter that they're a better hunter than me. Yeah. yeah. Given the fact that I've never been hunting, I'm gonna pay a little person to hunt you. <laughs> <laughs> So secondly, in uh, 1516, the Munich Reinheitsgebot, the rules for making... Wow, how long were you practicing that? Uh... Uh, (laughs) Just the Reich amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, you really, you probably should tone down the German accent when you do it. It's real aggressive. <laughs> yeah. It's real aggressive. I feel triggered as a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, what that means is the rules for making beer. That's what that uh, Reinheitsgebot. Uh, and uh, it takes effect in Bavaria in 1516. Uh, and it's still on the books in Germany. This particular law is still on the books in Germany, but can no longer be applied to beer imported into Germany because... The rest of Europe took Germany to like the EU's trade court, mm. being like, "This is protectionist uh, because our inferior beers don't meet your, you know, anal retentive German standards." So, huh. uh, but yeah, if you if you're a German brewer in uh, in Germany, you still have to meet this from uh, 15, 16, 16, from, yep, from fifteen sixteen, fifteen sixteen, yeah. So wow. a law over five hundred years old. Wow. And finally, just rounding out the Germanness. In 1945, Hermann Göring sent a, a telegram to Hitler asking permission to take over the government of Germany. Hitler declared Göring a traitor and orders his death in absentia. So Göring's like, I know you're going to kill yourself. Can I just take over? Mm. And Hitler's like, no, you have to actually wait till I'm dead. Huh. I can- uh, Göring, uh, you know, sends a telegram to Berlin being like, hey, can I be in charge? Now? Who, who is this guy? Uh, Göring was the was was the head of the Luftwaffe, the head of the German Air Force, uh, and he was Hitler's second from the time that he, Rudolf. He was Hess. supposed to be his heir, or essentially. Yeah, heir. like yeah, he was. I, I, to, I honestly don't know a lot about no, the, no, the Nazi like, higher. No, he was hierarchy. like if if why not? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't you didn't watch the History Channel yeah. as a kid and yeah. think like this is fine, this is fine. Everyone can yeah. go over. Um, I, I watched from the the aliens did everything. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a era happier, of History Channel. It's a much happier uh, view of history. <laughs> that early, I remember when I was a kid. History mm-hmm. Channel was just just World War Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. It, it was the it got the nickname the Hitler Channel. Yeah, that's yeah. all it yeah, was. Yeah, was yeah. I remember as a kid World War Two yeah. documentaries, uh, and I remember growing up. You know, this is an insight into me as a child. Uh, my <laughs> grandparents had cable, but my parents didn't. So going to grandpa and grandma's was a treat because mm. I could watch both. Nickelodeon and the History Channel. Oh wow! So I could go from documentaries on the strategic bombing of Germany to SpongeBob SquarePants mm-hmm. as oh, an eight-year-old, and I was like, "This is a fantastic, fun-filled afternoon, right?" Yeah. I just learned about the fire bombing of Dresden, and who's a are you ready, kids? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right afterwards. Well, then you learned about the nuclear testing at the Bikini Atoll because yeah, it's exactly. Bikini Bottom, and yeah. it's probably a nuclear bomb reference. Probably. probably. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, right. shall we begin the... Wait, I just want to know, yeah. did the, this guy want to take over? Yeah, he was being an opportunist. He's like, he, everyone like within Hitler's inner circle knew that one, Berlin was going to fall, and two, Hitler would kill himself when that happened, right? Like, Hitler's going to be dead in a couple of days after this telegram mm-hmm. arrives. Um. And Goering had been his appointed successor and had been in that position for, like, the last four years. And so Goering's like, can I just have that power right now? Because what Goering wants to do is start negotiating 
mm-hmm. right to like save oh. his own his own behind and uh and hitler's like nah uh and issues warrants for his arrest which is one of the reasons why green surrenders to the u.s army is he's like and he tries to initially parlay that into into him being just a soldier right he's like mm-hmm. you know hitler wanted me dead and then we put him on trial for crimes against humanity and, and sentenced him to be hanged, yeah. and then he managed to kill himself. So a happy ending. Yeah, f- yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. for the Nazi hire of brass, sure. He was also a, a morphine addict. So, like, if Hitler wanted to kill him, at, and there were so many times he was just yeah, asleep, yeah. Just and he could have. Well, and, and, and apparently the commandant of the, the prison at Nuremberg, where all the Nazi war criminals were being held, uh, had to put Goering on a diet. Because he's like, I want to make sure he's fit to be hanged. Mm. Because like when he initially came in, he was around three hundred pounds, and then, like if we find him guilty and we're going to hang <laughs> yeah, him, just... we won't be able to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> um, so the the commandant of the like prison, they, they wait, hadn't invented like the overweight gallows. Like yeah, they, yeah no, yeah. they were worried that they wouldn't be able to like get the weights right to be able yeah because there's a rule with hanging that you can't do it in such a way that the head comes off but yeah you also oh, have to do it in such a way Jesus. that the neck breaks yeah you have so to what yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to get the you have to get the weight right that's fucking uh, crazy. wow it's a lot the of people who are just like spending their lives thinking about this no there's yeah uh one of the, the jobs yeah no, <laughs> it's and, a job to think about no there was a proper capital punishment there's a british hangman who hanged several hundred people in his lifetime like he was respond the the british hanged a bunch of war criminals um in 1946 in a separate set of trials these were like lesser war criminals um and he spent a lot of time thinking about like what is the absolute best way to make sure that a person who is hanged just dies Mm. um and he i think the he holds only like there's only like a couple of soviets who have more people who have who actually been executed by the same person like mm-hmm. it's a couple of soviet guys and then this british guy I, if, yeah if i remember the top soviet guy was like twenty five thousand or something yeah like it's by absurd himself. he yeah. he had to request a german pistol mm-hmm. because he was executing so many people per day that russian pistols would overheat they just break oh, yeah they just break I, yeah wow. he's like i need i need yeah this is a so so moving on to starting the act- on a good foot for yeah. this podcast uh <laughs> so the actual topic is a lot more yakety sacks oh that's than good. all of this so uh the title of this episode is the tale of lord gordon gordon Sweet. Know, all right. I don't know. He's famous for his seasoning, right? It's seasoning. <laughs> Gordon's seasoning. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> what? It's like a chicken seasoning or something. There's some like yeah, cooking no, there thing is. that's yeah, Gordon. I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. This isn't that. Gordon yeah. Ramsay. Yeah. Yeah. It was all raw. The entire episode's going to be raw. Anyway. <laughs> uh, do you remember a few episodes ago when we were talking about Theodore Roosevelt uh, and that he tangled with Jay Gould? While he was in the the New York State Assembly, mm-hmm. yes. remember that? Okay. So yeah. when I was writing that episode, uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about Gould, right? I didn't know a lot about him. I knew that he was a titan of industry, captain of industry, robber baron thing. But I looked him up, and then this led me down a rabbit hole to the episode that we are here. If there's today. anything I love in this life, it's Doctor Scholar's just tight rabbit holes. <laughs> 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 I got to be honest. I just I I could go down your rabbit holes all day. My wife might have something to say about that. <laughs> Your wife might have something to say about that. Uh, so two questions before we begin. Uh, first, how do you both feel about the robber barons of the 19th century, men like Vanderbilt, Carnegie, and Rockefeller? 
show of hands show of hands how many of you how uh, how uh, are you fans show of hands what, let, what? let the let the listening audience know both Adams raised their hands enthusiastically. Well, <laughs> big, big fans of the Titans of industry. about the hangman, so uh, maybe <laughs> they could have, you know. So Honestly, I just think there, the robber barons. I think there are a representation about how some people are better than others, and you should live your life like a lobster. I think, honestly, if, if one person I believe, it's Dr. Jordan Peterson, and he would love the Titans of industry. They're essentially all just... Uh, they're all just warriors off on their missions of self-discovery, right? I, I, There's I ancient suppose. literature about it, right? Right, guys? Sure. Uh, you know, if I want, if it's I want the hierarchy. To... <laughs> so second... they made their money by working harder and making their bed. They're together, lobsters. <laughs> How do you guys like one, my Jordan Peterson? One pint of cider. Stayed awake for 27 hours. I don't know. I only know Jordan Peterson through the podcast Behind the Bastards. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's He's the only not... place I know him from. It's a good place to know him from. Um, I know him from, I don't know, memes. That's yeah. a good place to know <laughs> I don't really listen to Reed. Yeah. I know the steer clear. Did you, you didn't watch his, his show? He had a show? Yeah, that's real bad. <laughs> uh, we're both fans. We'll direct you to uh, uh, Behind the Bastards podcast yeah, okay. where they, they watch Jordan Peterson's show and make fun of him because he just sits in a chair the whole time and uh, wisdom of the ages. Like mm-hmm. he just, uh, with a, yeah, it's fun. Anyway. So second, so you, you're both big fans of the Titans of Industry. Got it. Yeah. Second, have either of you heard of any of the following three men? Herbert Hamilton, Lord Glencairn, or Lord Gordon Gordon? No. no. Would it surprise you to know that all three of those men are the same man? <laughs> and that none of them are his real name. Yes. Oh, he's nice. a con artist? What follows is a tale of unrestrained capitalism, greed, graft, kidnapping, and war scares. Things are going to get really stupid. <laughs> Yay! I love it when things get stupid. How do you feel? Feel great. Wait, can we have a little a little a little taste? Mm-hmm. Uh is he gonna is he gonna rob robber barons? Nice, nice. All right, I'm a fan. Gordon Gordon for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the tale of Jay Gould and Lord Gordon Gordon. So part one, the tycoon. To set the stage, I'm going to have to talk a little bit about the economics in the Gilded Age and the life of Jay Gould, just so we know what we're talking about. Uh, So the confluence of the American Civil War and the Second Industrial Revolution fundamentally changed the American economy. The American political system was not set up to deal with these changes. When the U.S. Constitution was written, there were basically no banks or corporations in the country. By 1865, the United States was well on its way to becoming a world leader in both finance and industry. But laws did not keep up. Between 1855 and 1865, foreign investment in the United States doubled. Between 1865 and 1875, it tripled again. Mm. Thus, corruption and bandit capitalism flourished. Out of this ferment rose prom- several prominent men, Cornelius Vanderbilt, Andrew Carnegie, John D. Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan, and for our purposes, most importantly, Jay Gould. All those guys you just listed were like really good to poor people? Super good Treated to poor Treated them people. really nice? And, yes. All right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They definitely didn't think, you know, they didn't look at social Darwinism and go, aha, I have a scientific reason for why I'm richer than everyone else. Okay, okay. But they didn't, they definitely didn't make like large amounts of generational wealth for their like descendants to constantly like mess with our current politics. They didn't do that, did they? I mean, 
they they did make that. I don't know if the Rockefellers do anything to mess with our current politics. Like John D. Rockefeller the fourth or fifth, whichever Rockefeller we're on. He was a senator. Not this one. Not the current one. Like there was a Rockefeller who was a senator, but there aren't any Rockefellers in the Senate right now. Like they're just I there. Think there was a well. There was Nelson yeah. Rockefeller. Yeah, Nelson Rockefeller is is part of. That. <clears throat> he was a governor. Yeah, and he was a senator. He ran for president and lost to Nixon, mm-hmm. or right. to Goldwater, maybe both. All right. Um, Are they there when they light the owl on fire in California? Probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, they all they all yeah, work that for answers Moloch. my question. Light an owl on fire? It's the Moloch. You've never heard of Murdoch? Mordoch? Moloch. Moloch. Yeah. No. Yeah. Murdoch no, lights Moloch this? on fire. Yeah, He's there too. Yeah. And really, they just worship Marduk, which is a Carthaginian god of murder. No. Uh, no. Moloch is like this owl. They have it's like weird enough. This is. This has been more or less verified, but uh, Alex Jones exposed them burning this like owl in California. Like it's a real thing. Who it's, who who did Alex Jones? No, I know, but who? who oh, it who was like a bunch the... of bankers and rich people and shit. Yeah, they, they just had like essentially rich man burning man. Yeah, they do like rich man uh, burning Coachella. of a big fucking owl, and they wear robes and <laughs> yeah. shit, and it's real weird. Yeah. Wow, because they're I mean, it's all the same shit they do in college with like the skull and bones yeah. getting pissed on, yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. or like Epstein Island, like yeah. Like, well, um, it's a lot. Which, uh, or know. that order you you, d- you mentioned earlier, the order of the garden, the order of the garden. Yeah, I feel yeah. like they were probably so. These would be the last of the quote self-made men. Uh, mainly because the system they created would have more or less prevented their own rise. Well, it's funny how that happens. Yeah. Um, in this Gilded Age, these captains of industry, or robber barons, depending on your point of view, controlled whole swaths of industry and grew fortunes that rivaled the near mythical wealth of Mansa Musa. So, like, when you actually look into who are the most, uh, who are the wealthiest people, there's always an asterisk of like Mansa Musa's wealth is impossible to quantify. He was a, a 14th century Malian mm-hmm. king. Who had so much gold that he literally destroyed the economy of Egypt on accident? Yeah, through like inflation. not even on purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah and his, he was taking his pilgrimage to Mecca, and when he went through Cairo, he spent so much gold that it devalued the currency of all of the gold that was there, uh, because that's how much he had. Well, um, so yeah. when when they're trying to calculate that into modern dollars, it's very difficult. But if you exclude Mansa Musa, like John D. Rockefeller is one of the wealthiest men to have ever lived. Mm. Um, so Jay Gould was born May 27th, 1836, in Roxbury, New York. From the age of 13, he was essentially on his own when his alcoholic father dropped him off at school in another town with 50 cents and a bag of clothes. Hmm. Gould taught himself bookkeeping and surveying and eventually went into the tanning business. <laughs> Wait, hang on. <laughs> I just feel like we're skipping over a lot. You know what I mean? How no, he, old was he? He was 13 when this happened. He by like in his early 20s, he's like running a company. Okay. Yeah. So I would like to know. Mm-hmm. And maybe this doesn't exist, but how he went from 13 on the street with 50 cents in his pocket mm-hmm. to like being able to get an education and like. Well, I mean, he's got a public school. Right. Oh, so he goes to public. He school? He goes to public school, and he and in public school he taught himself bookkeeping, and and he takes jobs bookkeeping. But like, where he does himself. he live? I don't know that. I never that didn't come up in any of the research that I did. Uh, uh, I, I really, and he might have been living with relatives, right, or something like that. But he's he's essentially on his own. Yeah, I, I just I'll, mm-hmm. so many autobiographies of quote mm-hmm. self made people are mm-hmm. just like missing. Oh, yeah, and then but there was that two summer, summers I lived with yeah. a family that yeah. fed me every day and yeah. let me read books or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So he goes into the tanning business. Tanning business nearly bankrupts him. But 
he started investing in railroads in the late 1850s, just as the United States plunged into civil war. This would make him wealthy beyond measure. Hmm. So Gould himself was short. He was barely five feet tall. And according to Charles Morris, who wrote a hugely sycophantic book called The Tycoons about <laughs> Robert Barron's, but it was the only thing I could find at the library. <laughs> so Wow. Sounds like that's not an accident. You know, you guys know what I mean? Well, it's it's that Jay Gould isn't as as known as the other ones, so there aren't as many biographies. If I'd been talking about Morgan or um Rockefeller, there's a lot more biographies of those guys than are of Gould. Um, so according to Morris, he was, quote, he made a one silent, somewhat hunched figure. During times of crisis, he would usually sit calmly and quietly, betraying tension by tearing small bits of paper, end quote. So he's very short. He looks kind of haggard. He's got a very wiry beard. And he just tears up little pieces of paper? Yeah, when he's nervous. Like, that's his nervous tick. Like, his anxious tick. Uh, is he'll sit in the corner with a piece of paper. But other than that, you wouldn't be able to tell that he was nervous. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, he has a wiry beard. And he was not Jewish but and had no Jewish ancestry. But he would still be tar- the target of xenophobic and anti-Semitic remarks throughout his life. Huh. Um, the last name Gould. And his looks and his money. Like the combination of those three things make people... Is, is that make talking him, about his nose? Is that a I don't actually. I don't actually think it's it's his beard. And and the way people in the 1850s thought about Jewish people, um, more just generally. Mm. So he's not Jewish. He doesn't have any Jewish ancestry as far as anyone mm. knows. But there will be people who are like, he's one of the Jewish bankers who runs the world. And he's like, no, he's just a regular banker who runs the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what do you mean regular? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> are you saying Jewish people aren't regular people? <laughs> wow. Do your German accent again. (laughs) (laughs) No. no. So so according to Henry Adams, the grandson of John Quincy Adams and the great-grandson of John Adams, Gould was, quote, a spider who spun huge webs in corners and in the dark, end quote. Another financier, (laughs) Daniel Drew, said of Gould, his, quote, his touch is of death. And Morris stated, quote, time and again, unsuspecting investors struggling to rescue their business or recover their funds would suddenly be confronted by the specter of Gould, as if risen from the gloom, snatching away both their company and their money, end quote. Huh. Yeah. So it's a good guy. Yeah. Good guy. He made his money ethically. Mm -hmm. He seemingly had self-destructive tendencies. He would, like, push things way too far. Way, way, way too far. He's like the robber baron. The other robber barons are like, dude, you need to chill. Like, that's not cool. It, it was like that other episode where we talk about like the like hardcore Nazis versus like run of the mill Nazis. Uh, like, uh, he yeah. was the hardcore. He, he was like, baron, yeah, yeah, he was the hardcore. Like, yeah, like, dude, he was, tone it down. Like, bro. if like, all the robber barons were in a frat house, like they like that would be the room that the other like mm-hmm. frat boys would be like, don't end up in that room like that. You don't want to go over the no, 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 that room. You yeah. don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah, we he's, his parents were in (laughs) so according to morris again quote he had the unfortunate habit of leaving a trail of dazed and battered partners in his wake end quote which again and business business he's apparently a very (laughs) devoted family man you know take that for whatever it's worth but again morris like in both of these quotes morris is talking about this as though like either a 
you almost get the sense that, like, Gould is pretty cool. He rises from the gloom and snatches people's money away. Or it was just an accident that he kept bankrupting the people that he was doing business with. And I'm like, no, as I'm reading this, I'm going, this isn't. No, this guy just is terrible. An ingenious, self-made man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just... I wonder if he had one of those, like, you know, like a number two, like a what, you know, like uh, what's a good word for it? Just like somebody Second. who did, it. yeah, like some, but somebody who did did all his dirty work. We're going to get to him. Oh, oh, yeah, right. he's oh, got one of those. Is that uh, Gordon Gordon? No. Oh no, Gordon Gordon's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. that's right. All right, sorry. So he Go was ahead. a sharp leader. Le- he was a sharp reader of legal documents. Gould was. Quote, this is again from Morris, while Gould could generally be trusted to keep his word, one had to f- parse very carefully what that word actually was, <laughs> for agreements would be interpreted in the closest possible way and always to Gould's advantage, mm. end quote. So doing business with him, oh man, a lot of our listeners are going to hate this, but it was basically doing business with him is casting a wish spell in D&D. Like you're just, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, no, 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 you better make this like airtight yeah. or, or, you know. A dealing, dealing with Rumpelstiltskin from, oh. uh, yeah. So my hope is, is from that I... Austin, Texas. Um, James Kerrigan is also goes by Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Never mind, it's an inside joke. It's a comic. So, so my... Adam took a drink. He would have laughed otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so my hope is that I have painted a picture of an industrial magnate whose approach to capitalism was to take no prisoner and to hell with consequences. So in 1868, Jay Gould and his friend Diamond Jim Fisk decided to seize the Erie Railroad. Diamond Jim Fisk. Diamond Jim. He was Where like, did you get that nickname? He was. Well, it comes when you get tagged into the ring. And next to the green, Diamond Jim Fisk. So they decided they were. So I'll get to that in just a moment. Where did he, we got the did he go? Wait, wait. Did yeah. he go? We have decided that we will not let. Oh, I punched the mic again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get for doing a WCW impression. Anyway. So they decided they were going to seize the Erie Railroad. So Jim Fisk and Jay Gould go, we're going to... Jim... Diamond Jim Fisk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh... Brother, Diamond Jim Fisk. Diamond Jim Fisk and Jay Gould. To take your money. They're going to... They're going to... They're going to take uh, the Erie Railroad from Cornelius Vanderbilt. That's their plan. Mm. So Diamond Jim was a colorful character. He himself... <laughs> <Sorry. started. laughs> Diamond Jim. Diamond Jim just sounds like one of those comics you meet at some weird mic in like New York or something. You know what I mean? Where you're like, hey, I'm Diamond Jim comics since 1981. <laughs> like, big oh, big so laugh, Jim. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. so, oh, so you suck? <laughs> Laughing Larry or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so comedian. So, like, uh, so, so Fisk himself is also a sleazy businessman. Uh, he'd smuggled Confederate cotton during the war mm. uh, to make money. Uh, and then he had bought and then shorted a bunch of Confederate bonds between the end of the siege of Petersburg, which is the last battle of the war, and the surrender at Appomattox. So that's... he made just a ton of money. Wait, off, sh- off the South? Yeah, he oh, made a ton. Cool. He yeah, was yeah, shorting yeah. their bonds, but he also smuggled their cotton. But they had no money. How did, how, so that's how, the, they, were sh- they paying him in Confederate no, currency? So he, like... was, he shorted his bonds to European investors. So oh, these Europeans are giving oh, him mo- real money for Confederate oh, bonds, and then oh. a week later, Lee surrenders, and the bonds Man. are worthless. Oh. I, honest, what's that guy's name again? Yeah. Diamond Jim. Diamond Jim. All right. So honestly, he's getting some points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he literally 
fucked the Confederacy mm-hmm. by fucking mm-hmm. a bunch of aristocrats in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. They were probably <laughs> colonialists anyway. Oh, so yeah. like, fuck yeah. So, no, so, yeah, so in here. Tag me into the ring <laughs> and I'll take all the money from all the rich. Oh. So he, he <laughs> does like the, the pile drive of the aristocrat. I call this the pocket emptier. And he just like slams him on the ground as money flies out their fucking pockets and scoops it all. <laughs> so 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 Jim Fisk is much more so like Gould has actual like business tendencies like at certain points Gould will build actual businesses that produce goods and services oh, for okay. people Fisk is far more of just a con man nice um, who who's dressed himself up as a businessman um, but their target is the Erie Railroad. This is a real gray line, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. You know what so, I mean? Like- so the Erie Railroad had been chartered in 1832 and was supposed to be a kind of railway equivalent to the Erie Canal. Mm-hmm. That is, connecting New York to the Midwest. It was estimated initially to cost $3 million, most of which would come from New York State. And work began in 1835. Within 10 years, the costs had ballooned to over $12 million. The company that was building it was nearly insolvent. Uh, and uh, less than half of the work was done. When it was finally finished in 1851, its total cost had risen to over $50 million from that initial estimate of $3 million, nice. and the state of New York had given up any claim to getting any of its money back. Uh, it was, however, the second longest railroad in the world, the only one longer being the one from St. Petersburg to Moscow. Oh, wow. Uh, in, that's at a, the same, right. Yeah, that's a long That's a way. very long way. So now the only reason Gould or Vanderbilt wanted the Erie Railroad was to be able to connect New England to the rest of the country. So mm-hmm. the Erie Railroad runs into New York. All of the New England railroads run into New York. Whoever controls the Erie can get New England to Chicago. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So. What year is this? Eight, uh, 1868. So we're just after the Civil War. Yeah. So Vanderbilt at this time is the wealthiest man in the country which meant that Gould and Fisk were going to have a hard time fighting him for control of the oh, railroad. Shit. It's time for a cage match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so Gould and Fisk are going to fight dirty. They created $10 million worth of fake stock. So they just print $10 million of stock for the Erie Railroad that does not exist Okay. on, a, on their own printing press. And this is where I think I uh, explained in a previous episode, but this is where I got the idea. Morris states... Uh, that his rule of thumb is that any you need to multiply any of these numbers by 12 or 13, right? Okay. So $10 million worth of stock in modern money would be 130 to $140 million worth of stock. He also stated that $10 million in 1868 was equivalent to 0.15% of GDP, <laughs> which in 2006 dollars would be 17 billion. Yeah. Wow. So you either he either printed the equivalent of 120 million dollars of stock or the equivalent of 17 billion dollars worth of stock well, depending hard on how, to, you, yeah, how you measure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the reason they printed this fake stock was that Vanderbilt had ordered a series of agents uh, and brokers to buy up every single share they found of Erie stock, right? And he just sent the orders out. He goes, he tells all these people, just buy every share of Erie that you can find. So Gould and Fisk know this, and they're like, we'll just print a bunch of extra shares, right? And water it all down. So, um, like they, they, they print out counterfeit? Yeah, these are these are fake. They have no legal standing to print this stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and say that this is some sort of fraud? Oh, it's absolutely yeah. 100% <laughs> illegal. Say, you are not allowed to do this. You're not, even wait, in, you're not allowed to just print Even stock? in 1868, you weren't allowed to do this. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this this... Is, that is bad. That yes. is bad. It is more illegal than <laughs> senatorial insider trading yeah. is right now. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so Fisk said of this operation, quote, if this printing press don't break down, I'll be damned if I don't give the old hog all he wants. The old hog being Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Now, Vanderbilt discovered what was going on, and he orders a friendly judge to order an arrest warrant for Gould and Fisk, you know, for their crimes. You know, friendly. Yeah, a friendly judge. A friendly judge, one that likes him for no particular reason. (laughs) The content of his character. Yeah, not the content of the fucking... Yeah, not the content of the bags that got handed to him (laughs) every other Friday behind the courthouse. So when Gould and Fisk hear this, that there's a warrant for their arrest... They took the Erie's corporate records, $7 million in cash, and fled to New Jersey in the middle of the night. Once there... Well, that's one place they'll never find you. (laughs) No, so that's the thing. They go to Jersey City. They immediately bribe the cops Mm -hmm. and hire bodyguards. Nice. And they, they like, barricade themselves in Jersey City. Wow. So the conflict's now frozen. Notoriously uncorruptible New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) So, so New York wanted Gould and Fisk back. New, New York's like, you need to extradite them. And New Jersey's not going to give them up because mm. they've all been bribed. And in 1868, the U.S. government wasn't in the business of doing this sort of thing. Like, the U.S. government just doesn't care. Hands off. Yeah. So Gould got bored in New Jersey. Uh, his wife and children, whom he loved very dearly, uh, which might be the only redeeming aspect of his character, okay. were in New York. Uh, and he wanted to go home. So he wanted the conflict over. So he packed a suitcase, not a briefcase, mind you, a full, you'd have to check it on a flight suitcase, full of cash, and headed for Albany, New York. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. But why do, he's got, at it's this like point in time, he's got piles and piles of money. That's why he's going to Albany. He's going to make some friends. Right, but I all right. I don't. So, this is why I'll never be fucking rich. I don't understand why he wouldn't just build a house. Like, can't you just he build a house? To, like, come on, honey. He come wants back. to live in New York. Home's where the heart is, and his heart's in New York. Right, right. But I, I assumed home was where his heart was, which was with his family, <laughs> which he has a bazillion dollars, so he can put them wherever <laughs> yeah, he wants. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He, like, there's something. That's I don't the know. thing <laughs> about the character of some of these guys is it's not. They're not looking for the easiest possible solution for everyone around them. No. They're looking for exactly how to fucking get what they want to get. Yeah. Like, 100%. And fuck mm-hmm. everybody in the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Including he, the Albany State Government. Yeah. The New so, York State Government. So he, he goes to Albany, and Gould began bribing assemblymen to legalize the stock that he and Fisk had fraudulently printed. So it's like printed. the opposite of Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, no Mr. principle. No scruples here. Mr. Which Sketch is, goes to Albany. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's, Van- like, it's like Mr. Bezos goes to Arlington <laughs> Mr. County Mr. Bezos government. goes to the planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of his labor and his dignity. So Vanderbilt discovers that Gould is doing this, and he also goes to Albany to start bribing assemblymen to, you know, make it that they can't do this. And in the end, their 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 fucking cage match is just money. <laughs> just bribery. They're just making it rain in Albany. Yeah, who can throw more dollars into the dumb but fucking like alcohol-soaked a- crowd? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just like they're shooting t-shirt cannons yeah, worth no, of cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was gonna say. 
Deja gig. They put every member of the state assembly in that like money booth yeah, where the yeah, money yeah. flies oh, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they they, they got to grab it all. As many One of them as hand, throws like a net in there. Yeah. And they're like, ah, it's cheating. <laughs> so in the end, Gould spent at least $600,000 in 1868 dollars. And the state legislature passed a bill that retroactively made legal all of the shenanigans mentioned earlier. Wow, wow. that's yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love. I there's Dude, I mean, there's something yeah quaint about that 1868 corruption. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just oh, bags six, full of cash. Just it's <laughs> all over. Uh, nowadays, you need a song and dance. You yeah, need yeah. like you know you need commercials a, and like or, or you need to like. An you army know, of lobbyists. He just did it by himself, man. Yeah, Fucking yeah. self-made dude. He's just no middleman. He literally <laughs> bought, corruption. An, he bought an entire state government for like a fucking <laughs> DC condo mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's so funny to me. But we are timesing by 12, 12 right? So yeah. 600,000, that'd be then 6 million plus yeah. another... Yeah, yeah like yeah, 7.2 million. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, he bought, he bought I mean, a state government for two Arlington... Virginia houses. Oh my god! That's what he did. He got two houses in in Arlington, and he bought the entire state government. Mm-hmm. That's uh, still true. You can still do that. <laughs> <laughs> so one has to imagine that Vanderbilt spent somewhat less than this, but that combined total had to exceed one million dollars. Wait, Vanderbilt was also trying. Yeah, to he's buy trying to bribe out? people. It's he's like, trying to bribe people. They're to having make, a bribe. I feel like off. it's like a. Dick slapping contest, yeah, oh like really, like yeah. if your dick is like, a bank account, yeah, yeah 100%. yeah, it's like just like throwing it at. This this is like the scene. Fuck, what's that? So, uh, uh, it's like that scene from Zoolander mm-hmm. where it's just like this it's is gonna be a walk off. Yeah, walk off, like, people. You want to see the real, like, like you want to see the real world of adult male modeling come. To, and this is them being like, you want to see the real world of Robert Barron's come this way. <laughs> they're having a bribe off, like in a back, like they're basically doing backyard wrestling with senators. And this is like, you can you take all this money, take it. <laughs> So now, <clears throat> Gould and Fisk had gained control of the Erie. Like the, the the net result of this is they now own this railroad. Okay. The problem is is that the war had wrecked it. It was both bankrupt, and both of them kept embezzling from it. They kept just stealing everything that wasn't nailed down That's inside good. of the railroad. And what they needed <laughs> was a big fish European investor. Preferably a wealthy, stupid, foppish aristocrat. Where are you going to find one of those? (laughs) The kind of person who knows nothing about railroads or finance and has more money than sense. Ayo. Part two, the grifter. The grifter. So part one was the tycoon. Part two is the grifter. The man who entered the London jewelry store, Marshall and Son, in 1868, was a tall, well-dressed Scot who called himself Lord Glencairn. Brandishing letters of introduction from wealthy and well-connected people in Scotland, he was advanced £25,000 worth of jewels, worth about $4 million in today's money. In March of 1870, before anyone could do anything about the fact that he had not returned or paid for the jewels, he made his way to America. Nice. Lord Glen. This is the land of those people. Yeah. Like uh, like everybody, it's kind of half the people that came to America. Fucking grifters from Europe. What? Push your mic a little closer. Oh. 
I'm about to cut that out. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, it was it was like families who really needed relief from terrible hierarchical bullshit and then and like, Yeah, and people who were trying to get away with shit. <laughs> well, they sent their dregs here essentially. Like it was like Australia where they just cleaned out their prisons and sent yeah. them to the early colonies. No, I mean and no, but you're you're absolutely right that like it's and that's one of uh, this is a, something of a tangent, but that's the reason we why tangents here. This yeah. is the reason why um, the United States never had universal military training. Like the our draft is called the selective service, not the universal service. And the reason is is German and Austro-Hungarian and Russian immigrants who had fled those three empires <laughs> to avoid universal military oh, yeah. service, and then came to the United States and went, "I'll be damned if." This country develops universal military service. Yeah, we talked about that on the uh, on the Hessian episode, yeah. I believe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Lord Glenn, See? Ca- good memory. Yeah, Lord <laughs> Glenn Cairn didn't exist. He was made up by another person named Herbert Hamilton. All we know of Hamilton, which is the only name that sounds even remotely real, we don't know if Herbert Hamilton was his real name, <laughs> is that he was born in Scotland around 1840. Right, that's all we know. He was born around uh, 1840, somewhere in Scotland. What are the chances he was a Highlander? I don't think he's a Highland Scot. No, no, I mean like he lives, oh, he like lives there for a really only be long one. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he has to cut people's heads off? I don't think so. Oh, okay. It's easier to cut people's heads off if you've got a shitload of money. You know, there you know, are, it is. Uh, until <laughs> until until the peasants decide to chop your head off. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're a Highlander. you got yeah. a lot of practice. So there were rumors that he was the illegitimate son of a clergyman and a family maid. Oh, we don't know. Okay, these are just rumors. Mm. Uh, his method of conning people was to build trust incrementally by asking for small, reasonable requests, and then gradually asking for more. Sounds a lot like something a, a, a country priest would do, hmm? right? So, like maybe his mm-hmm. dad conned his mom. Maybe <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 just a little back rub. Mm-hmm. So, furthermore, can I he, talk more about his parents? Though I yes. want to talk more about yes. the the priest who yeah, was just like, no, no, no. Well, I mean, this is what's a Protestant her, clergyman. What's that? What? No. Oh. keep going. Yeah, like, like he was like, no, no, no. It's okay if you just like rub my shoulders a little bit. And she's like, are you sure? I'm just a maid. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I, I read the Bible in Latin. It's cool. Yeah. Always Protestant. Yeah, he read Protestant. It in German or whatever, or in English. Yeah, that one too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But just like, yeah, it's a, no, 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 you should, like, I really need you to give me a bath. <laughs> it's just a little incremental. Yep. Give me a baptism. A baptism? Yeah. You've never heard of a yeah. baptism? Yeah, you wash me for a long time. <laughs> so, so um, Hamilton, or Glenn Cairn, mm-hmm. uh, would then use these requests to get letters of introduction and references to use on other wealthy people. Right. Nice. So he'd con someone out of a very small amount of money, right? But in the process of the con, he'd get a letter being like, "Oh, this guy is totally legit. He's great." Yeah, yeah. Um, he got a letter of recommendation. Essentially, in the process. Yeah, of and then someone? he would use it that letter letter of recommendation oh to con someone else, and just keep doing this over and over again. Uh, so he kept up the charade of being a wealthy Scottish noble, often employing a valet. And I'm not making this up. A valet? No, a valet. A valet parks your car, a valet dresses. I, I always thought it was a valet as well. So, so uh, there are different things. And the only reason I know this is from Archer, because Archer makes that joke. <laughs> Woodhouse is a valet. Right. And someone goes, don't you mean a valet? He's like, he doesn't park your car. So a valet parks your car, a valet dresses you. Let's remember to put that in the citations for the show notes. <laughs> Archer season three or whatever. Well, like. I mean, and if you watch Downton Abbey, 
Mm-mm. Uh, valet, uh, uh, having a valet would make me extremely uncomfortable. I'm a grown ass man. I can yeah. dress myself. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and <laughs> down, as far as Downton Abbey goes, if I wanted to watch rich, rich people just like invent their own problems or whatever, I would. Yeah, I would just go to any number of suburbs. Yeah. and like join book clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he he employed a valet, and I'm not making this up. The valet was apparently called a gentleman's tiger. No idea what that means. Wait, mm. his valet was called a gentleman's tiger. Yes, that's what they called him. That sounds sexual. It does. Yeah. It sounds great. Uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this kept him impeccably dressed. That's funny. He was actually called a frosted flake. That's really interesting. <laughs> that's, that's a very dumb yeah, bar joke yeah, I yeah. heard a long time ago. That was hat comedy, and I'm sorry. Everyone, so, I'm glad Michael enjoyed it. Upon God re- damn it, Doctor Sage Scholar. No, no, you can call me Mike. Oh, I can. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll be. The, the audience knows my first name. It's funnier the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should just. I, I like him keeping Jeff him anonymous. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just change his yeah. name. Each Anthony episode. knows all the history <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, upon arriving in America, Glen Cairn Hamilton took on the persona of Lord Gordon Gordon. A supposed Fuck, yeah. Gordon Gordon. Yep, yeah. Gordon There's Gordon. There's nothing suspicious about having yeah. two names. Yep, the same names. Mm-hmm. The, the Lord, the Lord Gordon Gordon. <laughs> Gordon Gordon. He's Flash Gordon. Yeah. He came from the future in a time machine to rip people off so that he could save the future. I don't know. Whatever. Keep going. A suppose he he said he was a supposed distant relative of the influential Campbell clan and a direct descendant of the now defunct Scottish royal family. Please tell me the Campbell clan did soup. <laughs> did they do soup? Were they in the soup, the famous soup Campbells? Because so. if, 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 if it's the Campbells, all right, they literally fed me through a lot of my divorced parents' childhood. <laughs> like a lot of Campbell soup nights in front of Nickelodeon. I'm just saying, I have a special place in my heart for those robber barons yep. for giving us Campbell soup. Uh, so he, he settles in St. Paul, Minnesota. As he whined and dined and made casual reference, you know, seemingly casual reference over dinner that he had an income of a million dollars per year. Oh, a million, eh? <laughs> Just like, slip that into conversation. Yep. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean, you really kind of like, uh, you know, like do, you really kind of just like shove that in our faces. But <laughs> I got to say, it is impressive. All right. I mean, do a, you have a valet named a gentleman, gentleman tiger? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, I thought it was valet. No, yeah. no, it's valet. Oh, it's valet? Really? Does, wow. Does he, does That's he pu- every conversation in America. <laughs> well, especially in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. Does he Does he park your heart? No, that's Irish. I wanted to do a Scottish accent. Does he? Or just, just pretend you're Mel Gibson trying to gain freedom. <laughs> or, or if you're... I was hoping If you're Mel Sean Gibson Connery talking about Connery. being a Soviet... A Navy captain. Yeah, I'm a Soviet Navy captain. <laughs> the world I, trembled at the sound uh, of our rockets. Now they'll <laughs> tremble again at the sound of our silence. Okay, I'd like to point two things out. One, that was not a bad Sean Connery. That was a pretty good Sean Connery. Two, you've literally memorized a line from Hunt from Red October. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I didn't know that reference. <laughs> it's like all of my references are like Biodome and Caddyshack. And you're like... Oh, what about Das Boot in German? <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen Das Boot. Oh, you never seen really? it? Really? Yeah. Apparently, it's like six weeks long. Yeah, it's and, very long. It's and long. in German. Yeah. Um, it's and, actually as long as the average German soldier's lifespan, actually. Was, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he made this casual reference to his million-dollar-a-year uh, income. 
And he de even deposited $40,000 in a bank, a St. Paul bank, as a show of his seriousness. Did he hear about that guy so who came to town and doubled the amount of money in our bank? Wow. Like, you brought up St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, I know. I did. This, uh, this accent isn't going anywhere, folks. That's, you strap in. I think you strap in. Oh, you betcha. Y'all betcha. We'll bring, the, we'll bring the hot dish right over. The hot dish. It's a casserole. Oh, fuck do the you! Rest of the it's, a hat, it's a casserole. God damn it! You, you, you know what? We'll you settle take this that later. Back. You'll take that back to you, Scotty bastard. Oh, we'll f we'll settle this later over bratwurst and lager. All right, just fucking. It's I'm a just casserole. the East Coast elite over we, here. We don't mean to exclude you, you, but mm. we enjoy excluding you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just the East Coast elite. Oh my god! If you're elite. <laughs> 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 He's laughing, folks. He's laughing. I can't. Roasted. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, these people on the East Coast Stick have been a fork in them. He's done. Yeah. They've been um, inbreeding like the European aristocracy. <laughs> <laughs> I would Yet like somehow to... I'm not five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> you have a mouth that works. Yeah. No withered uh, left arm, or yeah. right arm, or whatever. Both my legs work. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have hemophilia, yeah. as far as I know. <laughs> I would just like to tell the listening audience that Adam Lax does not look inbred. He's a solid five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm Ashkenazi Jew, so there, there's bound to be some breeding yeah, like, like, along the way. <laughs> cousins marrying co fucking cousins. That's, uh, it happens. That's you know, that's that's whatever. right. Because rural Wisconsin never had any of that happen. <laughs> I mean, we've got full states that do that. In well, but that with Ashkenazis, if I understand correctly, your number on on like the one through ten, like one to one, not hot, ten, very hot. It also corresponds with the number of Nobel prizes you have. That's, <laughs> that's how that works. All right, look it up. Yeah, Ashkenazi's you know. got a lot of Nobel prizes. Look it it's up. It's a strong correlation. Yeah. So the con that Gordon Gordon starts to pull in Minnesota it's first his name is silly. <laughs> and also, to everyone in there, it's just like, have you heard of Gordon Gordon? Mm -hmm. There's something I love about a guy with the same first <laughs> and last name. You know what I mean? It's just so endearing. Like, just, oh he he told them. He said he was intended to purchase large tracts of land in Minnesota and the Dakotas so that he could settle people from his overcrowded Scottish estates. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah I know. There's literally never been an overcrowded <laughs> yeah. Scottish estate. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. Not. <laughs> nope, not, not one. Um, this... That's a state might get overcrowded if people and sheep could have offspring together. <laughs> that would... Wow, I just used if, the if old... <laughs> I just used the oldest Scottish joke that's ever been written. Oh, he did a Scottish fuck sheep joke. Oh, doesn't he think he's funny? Oh, you English bastard. Yeah, English. <laughs> so the Northern Pacific Railroad, which owned the prospective land lavished him with gifts, with dinners, and took him on a tour of the land that he was intending to buy. Oh. During all of this, Gordon Gordon insisted that they always refer to him as my lord. They went so far as even drawing up the paperwork for the purchase. However, this was just the beginning of an even greater con. Having won over the 
uh, trust of Minnesota society and the Northern Pacific Railroad. <laughs> that that what you <laughs> Gordon Gordon stated that he needed to get in touch with his fellow investors and wealthy friends before he signed the paperwork to buy mm, all of this land in Minnesota true. and the Dakotas. Okay. In order to do this, he obtained letters of introduction and went to New York City. Nice. So he's withdrawn his money from the bank in Minnesota. He said, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all of the dinners, all of the tours. I appreciate everyone bowing and scraping and calling me my lord. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. I promise. Yeah. Pinky swear. Then they believed him. Right? 100%. Minnesota. Oh, we're, yeah. They're we're, very we're, trusting. Yeah, we're we're a very incredulous bunch. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know a guy by looking at him, whether or not he's a, got a good soul. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at you, Gordon Gordon, <laughs> I got to say, you're one of the good ones. Salt <laughs> of the earth if guy. If we got to repeat your name, we got to trust you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a Scott, but... But real good people, real yeah. good person. He's one of the good Scots, actually. Uh, as a Swede myself, I gotta say, a lot of times you can't trust them, but mm-hmm. those guys, he's one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in New York, Gordon Gordon met with Jay Gould. He informed Gould that he was born into a pot- powerful Scottish family, that he <laughs> entered Parliament at age 22, where he'd been the youngest member of the House of Lords. Because of his discretion, Gordon claimed that Queen Victoria herself had entrusted him with a mission of great sensitivity, including negotiations with the Iron Chancellor, Otto von Bismarck. That, that's the great thing about that time period. You could say whatever the fuck, <laughs> whatever you, want. The fuck you want. It, like, who's going to fact check you? No, no, like, no, no, no. you just got to say it with confidence and like have a little bit of money to show for it. And, and just and you a, could get away with anything. Yeah, and a real good plan to just whoop, 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 yeah, out yeah, of town, yeah, right? Yeah, whatever. So, yeah. like, so like, some force. <laughs> Shadowing, when you asked who's going to fact check you, eventually Jay Gould will fact check you. So the only person who can fact check <laughs> yeah, you is essentially like the, the a billionaire. Like, like, everybody else in society is like, man, I sure wish the I sure wish I had the money to see if he was telling the truth. Yeah, because he like sent like an armada to like Scotland to actually ask them in person. <laughs> so so it's important to note. And you guys caught on to it. None of what he said was true. Oh, that's All of what? this is made up. Oh, wow. Again, Corden casually hinted that he had large amounts of money, but also that he had wealthy friends who just so happened to own anonymous stakes in the Erie Railroad Company <laughs> that Gould had just obtained. Eager to fleece this Scottish fop and his European friends, Gould suggested that Gordon and his friends... Wait, so the... the sc- he wanted to scam a scammer. Yeah. They're that's, having a scam. That's scammer. great. I yeah, like this. Yeah, 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 yeah this yeah, is yeah. great. This is uh, legitimately, when I initially read this, on, like when I was researching Jay Gould for the TR episode, I laughed for a straight five minutes. <laughs> 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 and then went, and this then immediately. This is actually, yeah. I'm, and then I'm immediately went over this. to my Notion page where I keep all of the ideas and put Jay Gould and Gordon Gordon and put it to the top of the list. Nice. Dude, this is, yeah, TV quality. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> for I'm waiting for the HBO miniseries about this. <laughs> so, so Gould says we should pool our stock together, right? Pool our stock together. Now, Gordon declined, saying that he'd already spent a large sum of money attempting other endeavors, which is true. He's not actually got that much money because he keeps spending it. Now, Gould, not taking no for an answer, gave gave Gordon stocks and cash worth around a million dollars. He goes, this is like my collateral. Now, Gould asked Gordon for a receipt at the end of this, a seemingly simple request. Mm. Now, Lord Gordon Gordon took offense at this saying that as a lord, 
The word of a Lord is good enough. Mm. Gotta love that circular yeah, logic. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Gold was about to leave without his receipt uh, and with the money and the stocks because he's like, well, I need a receipt. And then he decided that the word of a Lord was indeed good enough. <laughs> and he gave over a million dollars worth of stocks and cash to Lord Gordon Gordon. Gordon now had the, st- the cash in hand with no receipt. That's fantastic. Gould sent Gordon a note the next day apologizing that he defended his <laughs> lordship for doubting his integrity. Wait, Pretending, so wait. We're, so, tell us again. So, so basically, Gould gave him stock. And cash, worth a million dollars. And cash, worth but a million he got dollars, no receipt. For got it. no receipt, and then apologized to Gordon Gordon for implying that maybe he needed a receipt. Yeah. <laughs> Nobles I are mean, the, dude, yeah, just... You know, you know, fucking slap that dick around, <laughs> like the Lord Dick, like aristocratic dick. I, you know, like. I imagine. You know, th- there's like only one picture of Lord Gordon Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, and he's wearing. He's in his. Uh, he's in uh, the, the attire of a Scottish nobleman, so he's wearing a kilt, which I imagine he had to wear because no pair of pants could have gone over the yeah, enormous those balls. Enormous balls. <laughs> yeah. <he's got>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I don't know. We, we kind of have like an inferiority complex when it comes to Europe. Sometimes, like the yeah, yeah. aristocracy. Yeah. And stuff were kind of like in awe, like, oh my god, mm-hmm. he's an aristocrat. Yeah. Like, everything he says must be true, and mm-hmm. he says it in a British accent, like mm-hmm. that. Well, it's Scottish, but yeah, whatever. Uh, but so, so, he said like, it in a like, foreign like, accent, yeah, like he's got a foreign accent, like, yeah. he must be true. Like, like, this is uh, my uh, Scottish accent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, geez, so we as a Scotsman's here. Yeah. I, I think Gordon Gordon was French. I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> just, I'm just gonna go on a, either that or Venetian. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Venetian. So Gould, <laughs> you never trust a Venetian. Never, never, trust, never Venetian. trust a Venetian. <laughs> Ask the Byzantines how it turns yeah. out. Doesn't turn out good. <laughs> so Gould expected quick results. He just handed over a million dollars. Nothing happened. Gordon fled to Philadelphia and sold the socks for cash. <laughs> If there's one place in the U.S. you can sell stocks for cash on the street in Philadelphia. <laughs> got them stocks. Got them stocks. Uh, uh, quick, hide uh, them in the yeah, Liberty yeah. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> so now, like on the street, go birds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's now, like a, a stock scalper on the streets. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get your stacks. Get your stocks here. Going I got, hot. Hat. I, I got 76ers tickets, Eagles tickets, and Erie Railroad stacks. <laughs> Get a Waller hat. So he now has about a million dollars total out of this con. Nice. Gould sues his lordship. Yeah. So part three. Things get stupid. <laughs> I feel like this is just a... Wait, you know, get they're, stupid? Yeah, they're, that should have been the title of the whole thing. Yeah. They're going to get stupider. Stupider? <laughs> yeah. Stupidest, maybe? Yes. Yeah. I mean... So, in March of 1873, in March of 1873, the trial began. One of Lord Gordon Gordon's lawyers, by the way, was the hero of the pod, the man, the meme, the legend, <laughs> no, Dan the up. Man Sickles. <laughs> Dan Sickles was his lawyer? At least one Wait. of them. Oh, post leg, too. Yeah, he's Whoa. missing a leg. Yeah, Dan, <laughs> Dan Sickles, Sickles is... I mean, talk about big balls. I mean, we got, like... <laughs> Dan Sickles... The king of big balls. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon literally was like, which one of you lawyers has got bigger balls than me? 
You, Mr. Sickles. <laughs> had to carry him out on a plate. Well, like, uh, at this point in time, because Sickles had lost a leg, he just used his balls as another leg. Like, so he's got a waddle that was like Like in the ball South Park leg. where they're <laughs> bopping around on their balls. I think, I think it was more, imagine if, if, if a stack of balls... <laughs> Is like is like a cane, you know what I mean? Like you're like, that guy needs to be my lawyer. Look at the way, look at the way he walks on those balls. So, so Gordon's Gordon's principal uh, principal defense was that all of this was a big misunderstanding, and that Gould was simply making things up. The whole, t- <laughs> the, the whole time, uh, his biggest bald lawyer is like, "Have you thought about insanity? Have you thought about insanity? Yeah. It'll work. It, it can it, work. It, it, it works like a fucking charm." Let me high five the judge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got some girls in the bag. We get- <laughs> <laughs> the jury's amenable. Uh- just, just go like this to the jury. Just go up and go. Wait, Wink, 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 wink. Just add them and they'll love you. Throw them a little money. So at one point, Gordon took the stand and named all of his wealthy European backers. Now, Gould wrote down the name of every single one of these people. (laughs) And the moment Gordon Gordon left the stand, Gould runs to the nearest telegraph office and starts sending messages to Europe going, do you know this guy? And Mm -hmm. is he a part of your business? Gordon, knowing that the jig was about to be up, flees to Canada. The stupidity is about to get stupider. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, Canada's the place. What do you think Jay Gould's (laughs) response was to Gordon fleeing to Canada? Trying to buy Canada. (laughs) Wax, what do you think? Oh man. Uh he probably was mad. Let's just put it out there. Um, yeah, well, of course he's mad, but what do you think he does? What do you think he does? Yeah, he uh, he hires some Mounties. I don't know. You um, are a lot closer. Yeah. Pinkertons? <laughs> was it Pinkertons? Pinkertons, yeah, yeah. So at this point in the show, I hope that both of you understand that Gould is not the kind of person to allow minor things like international <laughs> law and borders <laughs> to stand between him and cold, hard cash. He does have a solid... What, he what has was a real... international law in 1873 anyway? It was like, my guns are bigger than your guns. Like, <laughs> It really was. It really was. They figured it out in World War I, actually. They're like, we do, in fact, have more and bigger guns. (laughs) Gould is really starting to get this sort of like Suge Knight sort of like vibe to him. He's like, I'm going to find Gordon Gordon. I'm going to hit him with a fucking car. Hang him out a balcony window. Be like, you like this ice ice, baby? You like this shirt? So the, the Canadian government refuses to extradite Gordon. Uh, Gordon had told the authority he flees to Manitoba, uh, Canada. And no he... one comes back from Manitoba. <laughs> you're, that's, you're, that's deep moose country. That's, that's truer than you know. <laughs> uh, now, Gordon had told the authorities in Manitoba that, one, all of this, again, was a misunderstanding, and two, that he would buy large tracts of land in the province. <laughs> the oh, same same oh, county pulled in oh, Minnesota. Shit. Two pennies an acre. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Manitoba, let's yeah. be real. So Gould formed a posse to go into Canada. Of a good old-fashioned posse, boys. And bring back the Scottish con. And he was so short, they had to, like, duct tape him to his saddle. (laughs) No, no, Gould's not going. 
Oh yeah, yeah, he, would, yeah, he wouldn't go. Yeah, he wouldn't now, do it. Now, part but, of his 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 who was in his posse? Well, I'm getting I, to that. Oh, that's what mm-hmm. I want. His know. kidnapping crew includes three future U.S. congressmen. Fuck yes. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Fuck no, yeah. I'm not wow, joking. this is three amazing. of these guys end up getting elected to the House of Representatives from Minnesota. That's They're fantastic. all from Minnesota, and they end up going. It, it's the people. That that new Gordon Gordon? Mm-hmm. Essentially. They know him already, and they're like, oh, we're he gonna, is a con man. We're going to get that sucker. <laughs> so the <laughs> process, <laughs> They're like, fool me yeah, once, yeah, yeah. Shaman. You will fool <laughs> me twice. Or uh, I'm going to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> or don't you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he thinks he's real real smart. We're going to get him now. We're up by there with those Hoosiers. He's got a slicker. Uh, so he doesn't the, understand. I've got deer hunting land up there, all right? I'm real familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so the posse crossed the U.S.-Canadian border and successfully apprehended Gordon. They get him. Oh, shit. Man. The problem is on the way back, they're in turn captured by the Mounties. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> you know, and so they're caught kidnapping a man. So they're arrested and yeah. put in prison. Oh. Do you think this is stupid enough? No. No, okay, I, we, I, there needs there's no, more. There's more. Just ratchet it up. Yeah. So the more. Canadians refused bail for the captured Americans, which so enraged Minnesota that the governor, a man named Horace Austin, then mobilized the Minnesota state militia. <laughs> the people of Minnesota were so livid that by some estimates, as many as 10,000 men prepared to invade Canada <laughs> what? with the aim of liberating the posse. Oh, you know, this has been a long time coming. We've been itching for a chance to march on up there for Since a while. at least 1812, you know, like we were... One day they're going to send Alanis Morissette to us. <laughs> the worst war crime of all time. This is got, yeah, this is a preemptive, preemptive strike, strike against, <laughs> yeah, against the crash test dummies. The, <laughs> the band that did hmm in the 90s. All right. We're, did they know about crash test? All right. <laughs> Michael Myers. I don't know. Justin Bieber. Oh, that, that there's was, a good uh, one. That... There's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, the so guy I... on Full House who kept saying, cut it out. All right. I'm pretty sure he was Canadian. <laughs> So eventually, the Grant administration, President Ulysses S. Grant's administration, was informed of what was going on, (laughs) and they negotiated the release of the Americans, Mm. seemingly the idea of fighting a war with the British Empire at the apex of its power did not appeal to President Grant or his adroit Secretary of State, <laughs> Hamilton Fish, over a con man and some American, or some Minnesota posse. Man. Oh, right, because Canada is still controlled by the British. Yeah, they're yeah. like vaguely, they've confederated, so they're like, they're less, they're like a self-governing colony at this okay. point. Mm-hmm. But like all of their, if Like they, if, India. No, be, no, not like not India. Like India. <laughs> no, no. India was never a self-governing <laughs> Not like India? No. no. Um, what South Africa, Ghana? No, all right. South Africa, yeah. <laughs> Those. Oh, really? They were. Yeah, but only the white people in South oh, Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And not the the, and, and, not, and not the no. Boers, not the Dutch mm. South Africans, just the Anglo South Africans. Well, yeah, you said, not the definitely not They did Africa. end up being the Afrikanters. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna, that's the best joke. Yeah. For the so episode. the war. So the war scare had passed, right? There was potential for a war between the mm-hmm. U.S. and the British Empire over Lord Gordon Gordon. That would be cool, I feel like, if mm-hmm. they fought over oh, Especially a if it was just Minnesota versus Canada. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, yeah, kind of a like, toss-up. I don't know. Cage match, let them settle their differences, like, oh. with... with, with 
Diamond Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Diamond Jim officiated. You know, I got to be honest. We've got a lot of rage going up into Canada because uh, we can't win a Super Bowl. Like, it's just really. It is, it is real tough. Real tough. Now, the war scare had passed, but the jewelers from London had caught up to Gordon Gordon. They informed the Canadians that his lordship was the same as Lord Glencairn, who had swindled them. Mm. The Canadian government, deciding that Gordon was indeed a fraud, and certainly more trouble than he was worth, planned to deport him to Britain. Gordon now knew that the jig was truly up. Mm. He had nowhere else to go. He had burned far too many bridges. On August 1st, 1874, he threw a large party for his friends in Manitoba, lavishing them with gifts. Upon returning to the house that he was staying at, the police came to arrest him. Gordon said he needed a few minutes to dress. After waiting a few minutes, the Mounties, deciding that he maybe was attempting to escape, broke down the door. Lord Gordon Gordon, Lord Glencairn, Herbert Hamilton, then shot himself in the head and died. No one ever knew his real name, his birthday, or his place of birth. Thus ends the tale of Lord Gordon Gordon. Lord Gordon Gordon. Oh, sad. Oh, I know. Yeah. Kind of really, ends on a bum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, yeah. I mean, what happened to Jay Gould, though? Uh, he Did lives he? for a little bit longer. Uh, the Erie Railroad is never profitable. Not yeah. once. Doesn't he go like bankrupt and start a depression, essentially? <clears throat> he does tank the, the U.S. Uh, I, one of the things I, I originally... Or a panic. Uh, he starts a gold panic the next in 1869, um, and I was originally going to talk about that instead of the Erie Railroad. But then, when I was looking more into Gordon and the fact that Gordon Gordon uses the Erie Railroad as mm-hmm. his like in to get in with Jay Gould, I'm like, well, I needed to actually talk about. But he, that. he never really got his money back, right? Like he gave him all this money. No, and... he. Uh, but it, the thing is, is he doesn't need it. Yeah, right. He doesn't like, need it. You know, it was he, like pocket change. Like it was a hit. He he took a hit from from that, but it wasn't. It didn't ruin yeah, him. It kind of, it, to me, it seems like if it's somebody's like when Jeff like, Bezos got yeah, divorced. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was literally going to use that exact it's like same cost example. Doing business, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's so, a business cost. Yeah, it was a business cost. He he keeps going. Um, he is Gould himself is probably uh, again. This is like my understanding, and so I'm not an expert on this, but I I would argue that he's like one of the least successful of the robber barons. <laughs> well, because, like, <clears throat> Carnegie... He's the he shittiest guy di- on the All-Star He didn't start team. a dynasty. Yeah. Like, well, like, like, but, but I think there's something to that, because, like, Rockefeller and Morgan and Carnegie, like, those three in particular, and Vanderbilt to a lesser extent, like, have things that really, realistically outlive, outlive them. them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like... Like, he didn't have... He didn't have like rich, like his kids didn't like benefit from it. Or if they did, they didn't benefit in the same way. And and it's not like, you know, for instance, Carnegie has Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Or the fact that there are literally, probably at this point, thousands of libraries in the United States right. that are named Carnegie because they were built by him. Right. Gould right. didn't give money to those. I what mean, about, he did, what about, but it just wasn't the same. What about Gould Bond medicated powder? That might be the worst joke always, of the podcast. Uh, always remember. Gould Bond. Gould Bond. Gould Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really, I'm very sad Sponsor about Sponsor of the Gordon. podcast. Oh, yeah. Gould, Gould, Gould Bond. Gould Bond medicated powder. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm sad about Gordon Gordon. I, you know, yeah. I really wish he would have fucking yeah. gotten, like, did his little last, his last little whoop, 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 whoop into the sunset. You know what I mean? I, I wish whoop, he whoop, had, whoop, he, he had I as wish, well. 
the Minnesota State Militia had invaded Canada. That's what I, 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 I wish that had happened. Um. Yeah. No, but, but that's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean when I was looking, you know, because when we were talking about Teddy Roosevelt the first time and, and he goes to, he does all that fighting with Jay Gould, I looked up Jay Gould and there's a segment of his Wikipedia page that is the Lord Gordon Gordon incident. <laughs> and I read that and I'm like, this is not real that this guy can't rules. possibly yeah. have actually <laughs> happened um that, that is a i do i also wish the minnesotans would have invaded canada at that time too just so that now we could go to the hudson bay and visit new minneapolis <laughs> <laughs> they, they'd win like imagine if they won a huge chunk of canada and then they secede and they're like we are now the free state of minnesota and we're not gonna we're not gonna have any of you new like yorkers the, the, the coming Texas in here with the your, north oh minnesota a Walker Ranger. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah, don't tread on me. Don't uh. tre- yeah, don't tread. On, <laughs> don't step on my snake. Right? <laughs> don't step on my ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the Lone Corn State. <laughs> the that's lone- Iowa. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. What is Minnesota? We're the Lone Wolf State. What, what do you lone grow? State. What do you yeah, grow in Minnesota? We grow a lot of corn. Thank you. What the fuck? It's not far Really, all it is is that I'm trying to make fun of Iowa, uh-huh. which isn't hard. No, that's where the most diverse set of white people are in the entire country. That's <laughs> Kunin, if, if you could be a con artist, what would your backstory be? My backstory? Yeah, well, what would you do to like get people's trust? Okay, okay. So uh, I, I'll shout out another podcast, uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class. Uh, that's the Stuff You Should Know Network. They're very, very good. Years ago, there was a story, and we should probably do this one if you want to mark it down, but it was a guy who like w- was in European circles, like noble circles, and was obviously a con man, but he like basically convinced everyone he was like 350 years old like he was like a, he was essentially like a different kind of human that was like i don't know if he said he was like blessed or he was like half it was like i'm like half human half elf or some shit like it was very like and, and like he was so convincing that he had like the court of france and the court of germany and the like all of these noble courts were just like have you heard of this fucking guy he's a, he's 350 years old that would be me that would be me. 37 a, a by the way being that... yeah yeah I'm like no you don't understand i was there when you know what i mean i was there when rome fell or whatever. Right, yeah, he had yeah. some weird fucking obviously my math probably doesn't track so yeah. don't give me that fucking look doctor I will always give you that. Yeah, he was like, do your your math right, do your history math. No, but that, that's the guy. Like, because to me, the con, the best part of the con, I guess, realistically, is how much money you get away with, right? But like in a storytelling sort of way, it's the it's how dumb the thing you convinced <laughs> everyone of. That's the best. That's why cult leaders are the best con people. <laughs> really, you know. There's that woman who, uh, what's her name? Uh, the she, Hillary she, Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're talking about they had like uh, the Netflix series. Yeah, the Netflix and the Hulu show. Oh um, yeah, God. it's. it's uh, I forget her name, but yeah, I know the company it, was like Elysium or yeah, something. Yeah, like that. and, that's and it had Theranos, some technology. Theranos, yeah, 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 Theranos, and she had some technology Elizabeth that Holmes. did not work. But Elizabeth Holmes. Yes, Elizabeth Holmes. Yes, yes, yeah. and she, she just. 
managed. She still made like I mean, she's did she go to jail? Yeah, she's, she's going to prison. She is going to prison. And they just they just denied her like not going not not going to prison because mm-hmm. she managed to con for a long time. Yeah. Like like she managed to convince some very influential people. Yeah, like people who have well, means to fact check. Well, like, and, there, and well, and that's like uh, the Sam Bankman, Sam Bankman Freed thing with the the cryptocurrency. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of that fallout is the guy who they brought in to manage uh, STX or S. What is the FTX? FTX. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they brought in to to manage the bankruptcy of that. Had been the guy who managed Enron's yeah, bankruptcy, yeah, yeah, same thing. and he goes. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. And he's mm-hmm. like, I saw the Enron bankruptcy and this is worse. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. I heard that on a I think I heard it on another behind the mm-hmm. bastards and I la- I cackled mm-hmm. when I heard that because I remember Enron of like my parents being really upset about the Enron. Am I crazy? Stuff. That was Madoff, right? No, no, no that was that, two that different that things. Yeah. Yeah, scheme. That was uh, uh, I think 2008. Doesn't Ken Lay? No. Yeah, Ken Lay. Yeah, Ken yeah, Lay. Yeah, yeah. And was, um what's that accounting firm? There was an accounting firm that was behind it. it. Um, J.P. Yeah. Morgan. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Chase Manhattan. No. No. Uh, uh, but yeah, they're they're the Federal Reserve Bank of the United yeah, States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's propping that what? up. Um, I'm not. I'm not doing some fucking sovereign citizen. <laughs> like, uh, no, they they made a deal on an island, and now we all have to. We're all under maritime law. <laughs> we all, we're all not citizens or people anymore. We're corporate entities. So that's why my license plate says stupid stuff about how I'm like a passenger through the land or whatever. <laughs> Those fucking people. Every time. And the thing is, even if they were right, even if they're right, that a secret cabal changed American law to a maritime law so that everyone is a corporation and therefore we're only governed by whatever corporate legal I'm not even whatever familiar with yeah yeah it's a whole goddamn thing even if they're right do you really think your dumb little series of words is going to stop the cops from hitting you in the head with a with a baton <laughs> that's my favorite part about those videos is they'll have some it's always some fat white guy like on the pavement just like you don't understand I'm a sovereign citizen under the land and the cops <laughs> like I'm a dude with a gun and a stick so I guess I win dipshit <laughs> Yeah, well, at the end of the get day, the gun and the, the stick. Yeah. Well, and, and, and why do they think they have what, a fucking console command cheat code to life? You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, that's like uh, my I, I I've never seen I've never seen sovereign citizens go up against the police, but I have seen There's sovereign citi- I've seen sovereign citizens go up against judges oh, yeah. after they've been found guilty oh. of like not paying their taxes <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And they and they stand in court and 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 again, like you said, that they've got like the cheat code, like the magic words, the spell that if they say the right word in the right order the judge is going to be like well I guess shit he said the right words in the right order yeah, the let judge, him free <laughs> the judge pulls like a little rope and it's like boop boop ba da da do and like a balloons explode and confetti and they're like you did it good job no, no instead they're like we're holding you in contempt you have to go to prison longer yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, like, yeah. you really shouldn't have believed any of this <laughs> right or not it didn't serve you it nope. did not help you at all you you are now guilty of additional crimes <laughs> <laughs> dr sage scholar yes of the the, the 18th um <laughs> i've well, iterated well, well, three times <laughs> today <laughs> what would be your scan or your yeah. like con oh, I, or backstory it, it's a it's really lame Okay. I would be really bad at this. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do it. Like so so 
you know, you, Adam Lax, don't play role-playing games because apparently you're too cool for the rest of us. It's the mustache. It is. It is 100% the mustache. But, Kuhn, you've played role-playing games Mm -mm. with me. No, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) I will not confirm or deny. I'm by my really cool friend, Adam Lax. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, one of the problems is, is, like, I can't design crimes because yeah, I don't no, know how really, to do you're them. really bad at it. Because I don't know how to do them. Like, no, li- you're bad at lying is what you're saying. Well, uh, yeah, but also like, what do you do? Like, what's the next backstory. step after that? And what's the next step after that? Like, mm-hmm. I can create backstories, but if the backstory is like, to get you to give me money, what do I do after I have the money? Like, and, and, and what's the next step? And what's the next step? And I don't know. And so no. that's what you're worried about is what you do with the money. No, it's, no, no, like, no, it's I, everything. Like a, it's, it's like, like, escape. like if you looked at Michael and was like, like if I said, Michael, Hey man, we're going to this store. We're going to case it. Yeah. I wouldn't know he would be doing. like, what does that mean? Like, what does that entail? Like, we just watch them and like figure out <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. you know, like you'd get lost in the details of the action. Maybe. Yeah. Or, no, or not. A, no, not a, it's just, it's. It's You're like gonna try- hate me for saying this, but Michael trying to do crime is like watching you try to put like the microphone shit together. <laughs> like it's like you're probably capable of it given enough practice, but you just don't have a frame of reference for like mechanical stuff. Yeah. You're like, what are, what, are, what screws? Which I remember one time I go to Adam Lax, I was like, righty tighty, lefty loosey, and he looked at me like I was a fucking space alien. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I was like, all right, it's, it's Michael's like that with crime. So what did we learn today? <laughs> What's the what, what what are the lessons from What's this? The lessons? Uh, this uh, story? Don't piss off Minnesota. They'll raise a ten thousand man militia. Yeah, and invade a it takes a little nation. while to piss them off. Yeah, but, but apparently, if you just ask them nicely not to, they won't invade. <laughs> 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 it's like, if you guys could go ahead and not invade, I feel invade like Minnesota's like Canada light. Yeah, oh, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah, it's like true. I mean, so Gab and I, our friend Gab, mm-hmm. will have like polite offs. He's Canadian, right? Um, mm. And and waiting for one of us to like go through the door, <laughs> the heat death of the universe will arrive yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. Uh, like if they bumped into each other, like trying to get on like a metro mm-hmm. and didn't know each other, they would both miss the metro. And that would last for like twenty minutes. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Probably. They might miss a few. Yeah. yeah. Or and then we'd probably get on the one that's going the wrong way. Right. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Or definitely like, people in DC have seen me just stand up from my seat on the metro and go, fuck! And then just get <laughs> off and like one stop after I got on. Yeah. Well, and I was I was thinking more along the lines of uh, you know, uh getting on like a blue line train when you're supposed to get on a, an orange or silver line done so it doesn't too. split. Done that too. When it goes into Virginia. Should we let's not bore let's not bore our listening audience with DC specific metro uh, no. Oh, yeah, nah. yeah. That's that's what the that's what our next episode is going to be. It's just DC metro things. Street oh, signs. God. Oh, God. Well, yep, that's what we're <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. calling it the suicide yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think I do think Michael your con if there it would be like like sneaky logistics officer. 
That's... Yeah, like five percent of all the butter gets like sold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody has to see you do anything. It all just—it's it, all just done on paper in the back of like an inventory tent someplace. You know, yeah. just writing off some numbers. You're giving yeah. me. Mean, uh, meanwhile, I'm the one in the front. Like, like I'm half angel, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the son of Gabriel. Woo! Well, I was—I I got, I got a new job, and I was—I was telling, I was explaining something to to. A person they asked, you know, what's your new job? And I said, I, you know, one of my responsibilities is I have to edit budgets. And Anne goes, my wife goes, there's a better way of saying that, right? Edit budget sounds like real shady. Right, yeah, you yeah, yeah. maintain, you update budgets. You don't edit yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. Edit slash cook slash, yeah. <laughs> slash bake and chop and <laughs> saute the, the, the yeah. what's your What's your job? Well, I have to maintain the actual budget. <laughs> the actual budget. What do you mean the actual budget? The one that represents the actual money and where it goes, <laughs> not the one we give the government not yeah that the, one. The, the same people did the enron books well, yeah. it's, like, uh, it's like in the producers uh, at the end they're being arrested and one of the cops finds the the ledgers and he goes we've i found and he's an irish cop and he goes i found two accounting books and, he, and his sergeant goes what do they say he goes one of them says show to the irs what's the <laughs> other one say never show to the irs <laughs> Genius. All right, that's been our show, Laughing Historically. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Laughing Hist, H I S T, and Twitter. Like and uh, subscribe, guys. And And maybe even share. Share. share Give a review. Um, Tell us we're wrong. Give us questions. Talk talk smack. Uh, Tell off Coonan. Yeah, Uh, definitely tell me I'm the stupidest person you've ever heard. That's what I could use in my life right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah, that's our show. That's our show. Thanks.